0: Welcome, Muse Hackers! You're listening to the Hack Your Muse podcast with Kelly McClymer. Our mission is to help you discover your muse and write what you want, when you want, and how you want. Today's guest is Beth Ann Erickson. Beth Ann Erickson is the queen bee of Filbert Publishing and publisher of one of the longest-running zines for freelancers, writing, etc. It's the zine that will make your writing sparkle, help your market smart, sorry, help you market smart and get you on the road to publication. She's also the author of some no-nonsense titles designed to help you make a great living as a freelance writer, no matter where you live. Uh, Beth lives in the middle of nowhere, so if she can make a freelance living in this sparsely populated environment, anyone can. And I didn't write this on here, but I just want to add that Beth also writes as B.A. Erickson, A Series of Novels, Reclaimed Haven, Murder on First, Murder on Second, and Murder on Third. Oops, I got that wrong. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> This is non-tech, low-tech, so you have to just sort of take us as we go. Welcome, Beth. Sorry for messing up your intro, but I will make your show notes shine.
1: You know, it sounded perfect to me. You did very well. <laughs> Thank
0: you. All right. Here's the first question. When you hear the term writing use, what do you think?
1: That is interesting, actually. Um, I don't think anything to be honest absolutely um I just write uh it is writing is almost like breathing to me it's just it just is I sit down would you say it's easy for you that's a really an interesting question I um Yes, in the past it was it was I never struggled. It was fantastic. Life was good. Blah 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 blah, and then one day I was di- diagnosed with cancer, and it was just it came out of the blue. I, w- I mean, I was like, athletic and I was thin and fabulous, and I was uh, training for a triathlon, and oh boom, goodness. got cancer. And uh, you know, it, it's funny. Everyone says it's a shock, and it was. That was the beginning. I actually wrote a book about this called Stuck. Uh, Transforming everything you think you know about creative blocks because Ooh, nice. this block that I had, and, and I, I, I hate to even call it a block, It was it was like I didn't know my muse existed until she wasn't there anymore. I had oh. nothing in my head. It was terrifying. I, I, you know, I didn't believe in the muse. I didn't, I just sat down and, right, right, right. And then the next day she was gone. There was, I remember sitting in the hospital and my husband's, how are you doing? I was like, there's nothing in my head anymore. She
0: was gone. So there you was, had such a good relationship with your muse or your inspiration for writing. Whatever it is. That, that magic thing. Oh, Wow. Seriously, there was
1: nothing. I had, in my entire life, I had never experienced a moment without that. I thought everybody had it. But when, and, and I, I keep using the phrase, when she was gone, because that's what it felt like.
0: Yeah. God,
1: nothing. And and it, it didn't come back for, I mean, boom, you got cancer. Boom, I had to go to all these doctor appointments. Boom, there was a mistake in my cancer surgery that totally changed my life and boom I mean one thing after another and then when I thought things were going to get better my dad got cancer and then it's just been all these and to get back to my relationship with the muse we have a totally different relationship now than what we had before when I didn't even know she existed (laughs) you know um is it is it, it better? I, I'm so glad she's back. I treasure the moments now, and I treasure my writing time when I get to sit down in the morning. And I'm so thankful when the words are there and the,
0: the images are there. and it's. Um, so when did she decide to come back?
1: It was slow. It was a very slow process. I Again, I talk a lot about it in my book, and the reason I wrote it was because – I had encountered so many like stupid Facebook memes where it's like, writing blog, ass and chair, it's done. You know, and it, it was so <laughs> much more complex than that.
0: Yes, there it was is. so
1: much inner healing I had to do. Or there was so much gratitude work. No more taking this beautiful relationship for granted.
0: Uh, and you didn't. I mean, I you didn't mean to take it for granted. Of
1: you course, didn't. I didn't mean to take. You know it for what granted. it was like because. <laughs> It was something that was always there. It, it's 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 like your shadow, and all of a sudden you don't have a shadow
0: anymore. You know? Yeah. It's, um, That's yeah, I've never heard anyone describe it that way. That's really vivid in it. Just the idea of the muse being absent is really terrifying. I it was terrifying. It. I had I felt so
1: alone. I mean, I feel like crying when I talk about it, but I'd never felt
0: so alone in my life than when I couldn't
1: write anymore.
0: And I happen to know that you have a very loving husband who's around with you all the time, but it's not the same thing. My family is stupendous, but yet it was like half
1: of me was gone. You know, you you, you don't even think about your shadow, but I bet
0: if your shadow wasn't there, you'd be like, what? You know, you'd notice something was off, but you might not even know what it was. That's true. Right. But yeah, the, 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 that period of
1: time, I finally got to the point where I had to just accept life. I spent a lot of time boxing shadows. I call it boxing shadows because I was fighting things I had no control over. I was fighting things that weren't even there anymore. I was wanting my past life back when it was impossible, and um, you just it, there. There was just this. During the darkest moment, just sitting, I remember sitting in my chair realizing I can't change any of it. I need to just accept life, accept what is, understand that even with the most positive thinking in the world, you know, circumstances don't change, but how I react may or may not change. It was then I could begin to write again because I wasn't trying to change something that was impossible to
0: change. I couldn't reclaim So you'd kind of put your energy into just trying to force everything back the way it was. Exactly.
1: Wishing. Why can't I, you know, I, I was, I was, uh, I had a little vegan business because I, that's how I controlled my weight. I was a vegan and it was so simple. Don't make fun
0: of it. Vegans are, they are people too. (laughs) True. They are people. I know many good vegans.
1: Yes, I do too. I really do. Um, what I didn't expect was I lost all of my vegan friends after the cancer because I didn't, I, I was apparently in a group of vegans who believed vegans cannot get cancer. And so I was accused of like sneaking hot dogs.
0: <laughs> you know, that's yeah. one of the interesting things about human beings, isn't it? Um, yes. The one advantage that I think we have as writers is that when all that stuff happens to us, it makes really good fuel for writing a really good story.
1: (laughs) Once you've healed, I mean, once the shock, you know, I, I I was unprepared to be, have to defend getting cancer when I didn't really want it in the first place. I had to leave a lot of uh, friends behind, you know, and I had to learn to release them with joy and with good tidings. You know, it, it,
0: Sounds like you went through a lot of changes. So maybe frustration aren't great for muses. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But well, maybe she was there, just really far away waiting for you to just work waiting. through all of that. Just waiting.
1: In the end, I think I, I wound up in a better spot. You know, I'm certainly not I do miss the good old days when, you know, writing and selling was selling books were just
0: Pure pleasure. You didn't know bad things could happen.
1: I didn't know bad things could happen. Yeah, and I didn't know you could wind up with a really fun medical condition when you've taken care of yourself, you know. And not so.
0: I had no family history. It was it was a shocker. So it really really changed you. Did it change? I would imagine it didn't change your nonfiction, but you actually wrote a book about it. So
1: I did write a book about it. and Yeah, it did change my nonfiction. I'm a little under under a pen name. I, I kind of wrote a book about, um, kind of. Uh, yes, you wrote it. <laughs> you didn't kind of yeah, write well, it. Well, it, it's funny because there seems to be a lot of half-truths floating around in the writing community and in the world of, in general about that, if, if you just are happy enough or if you are positive thinking enough, things that you, you'll attract fabulous things. The law of attraction? Kind of. But they don't really talk about like magnets, you know, actual literal earth magnets. Opposites attract.
0: So, I mean, they're, you know... Its a little trickier than just think a happy thought and, and yeah, exactly. It's not just be positive. but it is like what some of what you did was I mean that acceptance, that's almost the positive thinking because you're like, okay. I can't change this. I'm only going to focus on what I can change and make sure that I'm not a miserable person who makes everyone else miserable. A lot of people make different choices when they're The
1: transformation happened in here, though. It didn't happen. It hasn't affected any of my external situations, really, except it's made me better able to handle the external situations, which probably I may be splitting hairs a little bit.
0: I think you're splitting hairs. I think you're not recognizing that your ability to handle the things that have been thrown at you with grace is something that really helps your relationships with other people. You know, That's true. maybe not the vegans who ran away, but <laughs> you know, certainly yeah. your family.
1: I mean, but you know, and you know, and what I everybody has to deal with difficulties. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I, it, even if it's not cancer, you know.
0: Accepting. But not everybody makes the right. Uh, right is the wrong word. Not everybody makes the choice to deal without, deal with it without a lot of complaining and a True. lot of. Well, I complained that's, so that's real here. and but you know what I mean. There's a difference between between saying this is so unfair. Okay, what am I going to do positive today to, you know, write my book or help my my clients, and that's how you handled it you complained a little and moved on a lot okay you complained a lot I would have complained a lot too I complain a lot Ooh. for things that are much less hard than what you went through
1: is it well and there was it was like a row of dominoes where life is great 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 and then, you know just so many things went down went down I thought I sound hip. <laughs> <laughs> you know um but, and I never want it, you know, sure it was cancer and all, but I had, I have another close friend who had a surprise divorce and that just whapped her. I mean, there's, there are so many things that can happen out of the blue that you probably didn't attract. It just happened. And oh, that, yeah. that's that's, what yeah. the, that's who the book is for. You know, if you're trying to create, be a creative person and your muse is just like more no to be found. You no, know, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking, "What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me?" Until I had to finally realize there was nothing wrong with me. There was something wrong with the way I was handling the circumstance, and so I just, you know, the whole acceptance of life was just huge.
0: I would imagine it was very profound. I can't I...
1: realizing new chapter. Everything is different. New chapter. Everything is different because you know. I am I will never be vegan again, as much as I hate to say it. I have 100 vegan cookbooks because I was so into that world. <laughs> and I had to release all of them because I can't eat fiber. I had two-thirds of my colon taken out. I mean, <sighs> seriously.
0: Was, oh, so that was a big, serious change.
1: I was only supposed to lose a foot, but there was a surgical error, and they wound up taking out like closer to three feet.
0: You know... That. I'm glad your muse came back because that was a lot. You've changed a lot while your muse was uh, stepped Oh, away. definitely. Definitely. I think of, um, this is a little bit of a segue, but, um, you know, Stephen King was in an accident, a really yes. horrific accident. And, um, I live in Maine and, you know, it was, so it was Maine news and, um, he was lucky to be alive. And I, went to a book a, a book reading by a friend of mine at a local bookstore. And he actually came to her, he, he was also friends with her, to her signing in his wheelchair. And it was at the time where he still had to have his leg straight out. You know, it was all the pins and stuff in it. And he looked like it was a total miracle that he was still alive. And I just thought, what a generous soul to show up for another friend when, you know, what it would have taken to get him in and out of that car, the way that he was in shape, that's just, what a spirit to do that. And at the time he had written that he didn't know if he'd be able to write again. And so, you know, when I looked at him, I'm thinking, you know, First of all, that's really brave. I know I would not have been willing to do all the things that would have been required to get to that bookstore. I would have been like, no, no, just leave me here in this little bed in this little corner to rot because it's too much trouble for everybody to move me. And his example was really, it's one that I always think of whenever I go through a problem. And he was lucky. I think, and he also had a really strong supportive family and was able to get back to the writing. And I think the same is true for you. You had the support and the spirit and you got your muse back and you started writing again. And I think that's an example for anyone. I very much treasure
1: that the muse now, very, very much treasure it. One thing I should probably mention too, um, it helps to have a sense of humor through all of it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and the blacker, I have. Best I know you. So you have. Many, you. So many, you know, colon jokes and poop <laughs> jokes, and it, you know, and my husband, you know, I, I, they, they cut me like in half because they had to actually go hunting for the tumor. They got it wrong the first time, and <gasps> then I wound up with E. coli infection, which just. Drips. I I was dripping everywhere. So was there anything that went right? <laughs> no, there really wasn't. But anyway, I remember I was at home and, and my <laughs> husband would come home from work and he would just like follow the drips and he would find me because I couldn't control. We finally put sanitary napkins on my incision, much to <laughs> my RN <our laughs> sister's horror. Yeah, because <laughs> he just couldn't keep up. So yeah, it, oh my goodness. You know, laugh or
0: cry, but I mean, in, in, well, like, at the time, there's very little humor in it you know really it's very dark humor but once it's passed
1: i want it with cellulitis i'm laying in the emergency room and the nurse walks in and i'm dripping everywhere because i have this e-coli and she looks and she says why are you here tonight and i'm like
0: <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> you're stepping oh. in it is this not the dance marathon that I came for? <laughs> they don't mean to be like that, but, you know, nurses have seen everything.
1: <laughs> I guess, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole, you know, talking about the muse, I mean, it, it was – there was like a tornado in my mind on top of it all. So, I mean, I, I you know maybe she was there, and I just – was in no shape to hear it,
0: but uh, yeah or like, but quiet that moment. lonely feeling that's that's not good. that's not good. you
1: never want you never want to be in that spot, and if you are in that spot, there is a way out. it it takes and you just you know, have to
0: be patient and you have to be patient. know that the news will come back and,
1: and and know that all is well. It's okay. You, it's just, it will, you will it'll come back, but you have to give it time. You, you have to heal, heal. <laughs> yeah, heal, get over the shock. But the, you know, it helped more to find humor than anything.
0: Well, so we went a little in a different place that I was normally thinking of going. And I'm, oh. I'm wondering if maybe instead, to keep this so that I don't go really over time, if instead of talking about the first time you sat down to write a story, which I'm not sure anyone wants to hear about because you had such a good time, you didn't even know you had a muse and it was all easy, um, it was
1: at first, seriously. I the the, the stories I had like four stories in my head, they just
0: exploded. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yes, it's, I mean. it's not like that. No, it's kind of amazing though. I mean, it's it, when you look back, you're like, wow, I was so lucky. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you know, it it's good to appreciate it. That the process working. is different now, and it was also good that it was that way for you because you, I'm sure. It it's cool to have experienced of it. Joy. Yeah. You and
1: might know, whenever people on Facebook, they're like talking about that. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Cool. I'm good. I'm happy for you. I hope it stays.
0: I know. I feel that way too. I never want to step on new writers and yeah. Sarah, oh
1: my God, talk to new writers. There's a special hell for people who trample on new writers.
0: Oh, I know because they're so wonderful. And it just reminds you of what it felt like when you thought you could write anything or to, Take over the world. Uh, change your corner of the world. Yeah, I mean, and it is. Storytelling is very powerful. Storytelling
1: right. is essential. It's essential to a society. It's essential to a civilization.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah. any
1: time I see somebody pursuing that, I just want to support them so much because we need storytellers.
0: We do. There's do. And I, it's one of the reasons why I'm glad that there isn't just traditional publishing as an option anymore. Oh yeah, traditional publishing doesn't always tell all the stories, and there's so many wonderful stories that you will never hear of if you just. And
1: sadly, many stories don't do not sell because they don't fit a trope or a genre, but yet they still need to be told.
0: Yeah, in my they opinion, need to be told, I agree hundred percent. I really, really agree. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. It's like I want anyone to be able to just listen to it and go, okay, I'm going to go write my story now. <laughs> I was feeling down, but now I'm going to go write it. They need to. It's essential.
1: Um, I watch my little my little nieces um, on occasion, and whenever I do what, – what, they're like second grade, fifth grade. I don't know. I'm bad with ages and kids, and we always go to what I call the invisible library. the invisible library is our local graveyard where we look, we look at the tombstones and we try to cut, no, seriously, we look at the stories and these are all stories that were never told, but there are hints on each gravestone. And so we bring a piece of paper and she has a crayon and they, they make etchings. And so they can remember some of the stories that never got told. I mean, you're a writer. How many times people say, I could write a book. And then, and then, And then later you find out that they've died, and they well another book died.
0: You know that's that's really true. Another or people will tell me a story heartbreaking. I will have read a book that someone was working on that they never actually put out in the world, and I'm like, in one way I feel privileged that I got to read it, and another way I'm very sad that the world didn't get to read it. No,
1: yeah, yeah, it's so so many, and I'm trying to instill in the girls that if you have a story and you. Put it out. Write it. Put it on paper. Share it. Because it, when, you, when you are lucky enough to have that muse give you a story, you must tell it or it will not get told.
0: I think that's a wonderful message. I love that message. All right. So now we're going to go to, <laughs> I, know, I know you don't have that much trouble writing. You write every day and... I do have trouble
1: you know. writing, but go on. Oh, you do. Okay. Well, so that, everyone does. It's different now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what's your number one go-to hack to get the writing done when you're feeling avoidant? I pet my dog. Oh, I haven't heard that one before. That's a really good one. So how does that release your avoidant? My little girl, when we
1: adopted her, was apparently left in a cage long enough that her whole bottom half was, uh, she was blonde. She's a white little dog, but she was blonde from the waist down or chest down, whatever, because she sat in urine for so long it stained her fur.
0: Oh, poor, poor
1: Yeah, and she gained four pounds in six months when we, after we adopted her. Uh, she looks scruffy, and I, I always – I, she has one eye that looks off to the side. <laughs> but Whenever I look at her – she is so happy to live with us now. She thinks I can do this. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is the best hack ever. And the fact that no one that else can have I it. Can though. Though, she <laughs> believes in me? If that little little stinker, who's who's now basically bald from the waist down because the urine hurt her hair follicles,
0: apparently. If she can believe in me, I can believe in me. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. Well, thank you, Beth. This has been amazing and insightful. But now you need to tell people where to find you online both for your nonfiction and your fiction.
1: Nonfiction um we have I have a monthly newsletter. You can find it at philbert like the nut, I picked that name cuz I thought I was nuts to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Filbert Publishing. And Filbert was the, the least favorite nut of our family. It's always the nut, last nut in the can. So I thought, well, I'm the last nut in the can. I
0: don't even know what a Filbert is, really. A
1: hazelnut. Oh, okay. Yeah, up here, they, we call them Filberts. So Filbert Publishing. I know, okay. go figure. Or com. That's my fiction. But um. And you're so they, still working on it? Head on over to Filbert Publishing, because that's where I can help you the most. Okay, that sounds There's good. lots of free stuff on there.
0: Okay, so you have things that help writers. Yeah, all write
1: over them. our website. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. That's good to know. And I'll put everything in the show notes. All free. Well, that sounds awfully generous. Well, I mean, if you're if you're given
1: a gift, I think some gifts shouldn't be charged. You shouldn't charge for some of the some of the, you know some of your wisdom. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I hate to say wisdom because I kind of flighty but I do my best um but yeah every month we have a nice hearty hearty uh newsletter with lots of pa- packed full of information I do have what's called the mocha club that if you want to buy me a cup of coffee I'll really get in depth on stuff <laughs> that's a good idea so for like- five bucks or $4.99 a month you can you can join a you know, get a newsletter, but that's, you definitely don't have to do that. You can get, can get the Reader's Digest version and writing, etc.
0: You can just check some things out first. That sounds yeah. good. I, I'm, For the price of a mocha, I think it is wisdom. Okay. That's all for this episode, Muse Hackers. Stay tuned for more Muse Hacking wisdom next week. Okay, Muse Hackers it's commercial time if you love this podcast and want to support it with real dollars and cents i have the perfect course for you on teachable meet your muse is a mini course that will show you how to unleash the power of your muse while at the same time reining in some of her most creativity crushing bad habits if you spend more time thinking about writing than actually writing meet your muse can help you turn that around Once you've met your muse, you will have the keys to creating the most productive writing sessions ever, even if you only have 10 minutes a day to write. Remember, one page a day, 250 words equals 364 pages, 90,000 words. That could be two short books or one good-sized book, or five or six or more short stories, articles, or blog posts. Isn't that worth $20 and two hours or less of your time? Best part, you will be supporting this podcast to continue seeking out the best muse hacking writers around and sharing that wisdom with you for free. To sign up for Meet Your Muse, go to hack your muse.teachable.com. That's hack your muse.teachable.com. Thanks. See you next week.